and welcome to this week's episode of Netball Nation. I'm joined in the studio by the one and only, quite literally, <laughs> Sarah Bateman. Hiya, Sarah. Hiya. Uh, now, Max is off on a jollies at the moment, so we're reduced to... Benny Dorm, lads, 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 lads. Do you know what? how jealous are we that we're not there? <laughs> Max was telling us all about this holiday she was going on uh, when we were recording the last Netball Nation episode, and it just sounds like they're going to have a right good time. And I, I feel sorry for her daughter, to be honest. I don't I don't know. Don't think she knows what's coming. No, so Max said, well, you know, I'm taking my daughter out there just to show her a bit, make her a bit more worldly wise. I was I've thinking, got no idea what that means. I mean, when it comes to Maggie, what, what's she going to come back like? <laughs> so best a broken of luck. woman. Yeah, yeah, I bet they're having a right good time. Right. Anyway, we've got loads to cover, so let's get cracking. Uh, lots of netball news and announcements in the coaches' corner with Nolene Tarua announcing she's going to head up the Silver Ferns for the Constellation Cup versus the Diamonds in the same week as her announcing it's going to be her last season with the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Jess Silby and England Netball have announced a Roses Test Series via the uh, Spa Proteus in South Africa this coming November and finally of course we're going to be catching up on all round 13 action from the Suncorp Super Netball competition where the battle for top four is really heating up and we're going to look ahead as well to the final round before the all-important semi-finals loads to cover so are you ready Sarah um, yeah just me and the let's get cracking <laughs> Welcome to Netball Nation. Right, so big news this week as New Zealand netball coach Nolene Torua has confirmed she's going to remain at the helm of the Silver Ferns for the Constellation Cup series against Australia in October. Now, for those of you who are unaware, the Constellation Cup's contested by the Australian national netball team and the New Zealand national netball team. Uh, it's awarded each year to the teams that wins the most test matches between the two, excluding games played as part of multinational tournaments such as like the Netball World Championships and Commonwealth Games. Uh, so not Surprisingly, the Australian Diamonds have dominated this historically, winning the Cup eight from nine years since the introduction of it in 2010. But Silver Ferns, Golden Girls now, aren't they? Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to be set for a cracking test series. So... In 11 months, Nolene engineered a remarkable turnaround to guide her nation to a memorable 52-51 triumph over Australia in last month's World Cup final in England. Obviously, here in Netball Nation, we did so much talk around that because it was incredible to see. Uh, and speaking after the Lightning's nail-biting win over the Melbourne Vixens on Sunday, Torua confirmed she would remain in charge of the world champions for the annual test series against the Diamonds. But her involvement with the national team beyond that is still up in the air. I don't really know. Confirming she's going to be coaching to the end of this year and then working through what happens next. Uh, she's yet to inquire about the availability of a World Cup winning players. Uh, that includes people like Maria Falau, uh, Laura Langman uh, for the rematch. So, Sarah, this is going to be obviously incredibly exciting. You can have a word in edgeways now. All that <laughs> spiel. And I can breathe. Uh, what can we expect to see from both sides in this? It's a little bit of an unknown because I, because I think New Zealand in particular, we don't know we don't know who's going to be available and who's going to play. Like you said, Laura Langman, Maria Falau, um, a lot's been talked about. Will they retire? Will they stay there for until the end of the year? Will they have a little, you know, final farewell victory lap? Yeah, um, seen them off. Yeah, and so it makes a big difference to New Zealand if, if those kind of players play in this series or not because mm. Australia, they've kind of got a conveyor belt of talent coming through. So even if players didn't play or they've... They've now suffered an injury for Kelsey Brown, say. Someone else will come in and take that spot. And, and it's kind of, you know, they don't lose too much. Yeah. Um, whereas New Zealand, uh, you know, Casey Corper has already said she's reti retired. So, so the World Cup final was her last game for New Zealand. If they suffer, if, if they suffer another couple of retirements, it could end up being a one-sided series. But, you know, I mean, it's a little bit like, who cares? We've got a World Cup. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. And can you see, because you're our, basically our Netball Nation gossip, can you see any <laughs> Can you see any omissions? Can you see any happening? 
I really don't know because I think it's just going to be, you know, a personal choice, especially for those two players in terms of Maria Falao and, and Laura Langman as to whether or not they play. Um, and it might be that they go, well, you know what? We won a World Cup. We want to we want to play in our home, mm. you know, in a home series and, and play in, in New Zealand to kind of thank fans and whatever. Mm. Or it might just be like they've had enough now, not not feeling it. Yeah, not bothered anymore. So yeah. I, I, I really don't know which way that one's going to go. I, like if I, I think if I was them, if I'd won a World Cup, I'd be like, yeah, I want to play in Auckland. You know, I want yeah. I want to hear those fans go crazy for me. But that's probably because, you know, I'm a bit... You like that, basically. Yeah. You, you just enjoy that. <laughs> bit, bit self-obsessed, yeah, yeah. you know, get the adulation. I, I want to hear a chat with my name in, please. Yeah. So can we arrange that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you love Langman and Rear Falau, you've got over 100 caps. It's like, come on, give me some love, yeah. people. Give me some love. But but the Australians, obviously, they're going to be wanting a bit of revenge, surely. I know what you say. It's like, oh, well, who cares for New Zealand? We've got a World Cup. Yeah. But Australia are going to want this. Yeah, they are going to want it. And, and I think... What makes Australia great is the fact that internal competition is is so strong that mm. every test series matters to them because if you don't play well, you're not going to be picked for the next one. And so if if someone gets an opportunity in this one, they'll want to do really well. And I think that level of internal competition makes them perform really well all the time. And yeah. and they're Australian, so they don't like losing. So you know, very competitive. Yeah, very competitive, and and they will want to win this. Yeah. Um, but I think regardless of who wins, it's, it's going to be a good spectacle because that, that game at World Cup was epic. Yeah. Um, people are going to want to watch it, which is the first time in probably a couple of years that people have genuinely been interested in the Constellation Cup between these two nations. So it, it's good for the sport. It's exciting. Um, and like I say, I think New Zealand are kind of in a like win-win situation. Like they lose this, well, so World what? Cup, so they, they win this. It's like, way 2-0. Yeah, exactly. And so. do you think that for Lisa Alexander, does, will she feel under pressure uh, as Diamond's head coach? Do you think sort of the test series could be job security for her. Yeah, I think well. I think she will feel under pressure because I think you know losing a Commonwealth Games and a world not losing but coming second in a Commonwealth Games and a World Cup is it, it, is like disaster for an Australian side but then losing a consolation cup on top of that would be a real sort of you know mm. salt in the wound. So she'll what she'll want to win this for for her kind of um, peace of mind in that job as well. So I, I imagine the Australians are going to come at this like all guns blazing. I'm sure they will. And just for for you, if you're listening right now, just to put you in the frame uh, on this, it was a double whammy for ne- uh, Nolene this week as she also announced the 2019 Super Netball season was going to be her last with the Sunshine Coast Lightning. So basically, she's going to part ways with the franchise at the at the end of the season. She's announced that her third season in charge is 100% her last. She led Lightning back-to-back uh, Suncorp Super Netball Premierships in 2017 and 18 and has the team sitting at the top of the ladder with one round remaining this season. Uh, it was announced in a media conference this week that she's going to step down and return to New Zealand. Lightning assistant coach Kylie Byrne, who has served under Nolene for the past three seasons, is going to take over as head coach in 2020. Um, it's personal reasons, isn't it, really, that she said that she wants to do Yeah, this it is. And, you know, she's only committed to the Silver Ferns until the January Quad Series as well. So, you know, I was reading a couple of articles that came out this week just basically saying she wants some time away from coaching completely to, you know, think about what she wants to do and if, if she wants to continue coaching or she wants to go down a different avenue. And, you know, she, like... You don't. You don't have to earn t- time off, but she has earned yeah. it. You if know, she. Has. You know, she. She has the right to take as much time as she wants. Like you say, she's won back-to-back titles with Sunshine Coast. I don't think many people would bet against them winning a third one this year. Um, she's won a World Cup with New Zealand. She. She's won. She won the. Um, 
ANZ Championship as it was with with Magic. So she's she's pretty much done everything. Um, I think New Zealand will be worried in terms of the the na- national side because they would have really wanted to keep her. But mm. you know, if if someone wants to do something else or want needs to need to break, then you know. You have to. You've got um, it. Well, it's a human being at the end of the day. I imagine. Just... I imagine Netball New Zealand chucked everything at her. Like, just yeah. have it. Like, yeah. have all our money. Yeah. But that, that if and unlike if you, if that was you, you'd be like, <laughs> I will cheers. <laughs> no, God, you're making me sound terrible today. Um, but no, I mean, and and good on her because if that's not what she wants right now, then you know, there's there's more important things in life. And she has to figure out exactly what it is she wants, and she's allowed, she's afforded herself that time now. Yeah, she has, and she's got a big family, and and family's really important to her. And I know that she um, she's mentioned a few times that she's really looking forward to going home to New Zealand. So um, good on her. Like I yeah. hope she I hope she has a great break. Yeah, good for her. And obviously, as you've just cited there, she's had so much success. There's been so many good things happen underneath Nolene. How has she gone about a business to make that happen? What has she done that's so different? Um, I mean, we've spoken a lot about her kind of like treating athletes like in a holistic approach and trying to, you know, get like a happy team as a winning team. But I think when you see interviews with her, you know, she she's like very, very laid back, very mm. kind of self-deprecating about it all. And she also, I think, is 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 really good at surrounding herself with good people. You know, she she lets her staff do their job. She trusts the people that she has around her. And I think that's that's a big part of it because I don't think anyone could do the dual role that she's done in terms of Sunshine Coast and the Silver Ferns if she didn't put trust in other people. Yeah, well, we wish her the very best of luck. Uh, we move our attention now back to the UK as this week it was announced that the Vitality Roses are going to be heading to South Africa in November to face the South Africa Spa Proteas for a three-match series. Very exciting. Uh, so the world number three team are going to go head-to-head with the Spa Proteas at the Velodrome in Cape Town on the 29th of November, the 30th and the 1st of December. An intense few days for them there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the first time that the two sides are going to meet following their battle for bronze at the Vitality Netball World Cup which feels like a world away now, by the way. Yeah, it seems feels like, like ages ago. ago. Um, so Jess Thirlby, obviously now the head coach of the Vitality Roses, is going to take a 12-strong squad with her to face them. Uh, and the test series with South, Af- South Africa is going to come a month after the Roses have toured to Australia and New Zealand for some behind-closed-doors match play. Uh, they'll initially play and train against the Australian development team, uh, and then Australia and England are going to travel across to Auckland to play closed matches against the New Zealand A-side uh, for a few more days there. Uh, the Roses are going to be on tour in Australia and then New Zealand from the 23rd of September to the 13th of October. My God, they're going to be so busy, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Get your passports out. Yeah, I know. Now, Sarah, this is an incredibly exciting opportunity for those players announced in the Roses programme early this month. But what can we expect to see from Jess Thirlby's new, kind of new look side, I guess? Yeah, well, I don't really know, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have had a bit of coffee then. (laughs) This this expert tag isn't sitting very well with me here. Um, (laughs) It's falling apart without mags, isn't it? (laughs) Jeez, now we know who the brains of the operation is. Um, I think I think with the Australia and New Zealand one, with, with it being behind closed doors, I think it's it's a good opportunity for Jess to get a look at players. You know, she can put combinations out. Results don't really matter because you know it's not a test series. Mm. There's no world ranking points on offer, um, so you can get some combinations out there. You can see what form everyone's in. You can see who kind of fits the style of play that she wants to play, um, and I think that'll be a nice kind of intense block of time for her to have a really good look at her squad and then you go to South Africa and that's something you you kind of want to win so you've got to take the best 12 available and again similar to New Zealand at the minute we don't know who that is for England because we don't know 
who's making themselves available. So in terms of the Suncorp um, players in Australia, like is Joe Harton making herself available? Is is um, Jeeva Mentor making herself available? Like we we mm. don't know the answers to these questions at the minute. So that squad could look very different if you take senior players out of it yeah. to if you don't. But on the other hand, you know South Africa are in a similar situation. Marika um, Holthausen's retired, so mm. they need a new goal attack. Um, we don't know if all of their players will play. So it it's a bit of a sounding out process this year, I think. And and I think for Jess and... Oh, well, South Africa, don't, we don't know who the coach is either. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, so, that's true. So for Jess and the unknown South African coach, um, it's it, it's a good opportunity to see their players under pressure. And, and you know, you're a former player, so you'll know. How, how crucial is this kind of experience, the off-court experience for them? Yeah, I think it is important. And I think it's... Um, it's important to to spend time together, especially in a new squad. Like it, it, it's not necessarily you have to be on court and training together all the time, but just being in and around an environment together, um, kind of builds builds connections, builds relationships, and and it is important. And and the England girls are lucky that they have probably more time together than any other international team mm. with the way that, um, it's structured here, um. And like I say, they've got a new team, so they need to build those connections off court, but also on court quite quickly. Like you think that it's like Commonwealth Games in three years time is miles away, but it, it creeps up on you oh because God, yeah. international season will roll around in September, October. Then it's gone again. You're back mm -hmm. into Super League and then that's year one done. Yeah. So, you know, you can't it, afford to be complacent. No, you can't. You can't mess about with no. it. So um, I think Jess will be keen to, to get them together and to to get them playing. And, and like I said, to see them under pressure quite early on. And what's the point of having uh, sort of behind closed doors matches? How, how beneficial are they? Well, I think Australia and New Zealand um, have obviously got Constellation Cup in September, October. So they wouldn't want a test series then. And if I'm honest, I, I don't think England necessarily need a test series at that point. But the behind closed doors, um, like I said, it just means that you, you get that kind of intensity of match play that you want. Um, but you're not necessarily under pressure that you're going to lose world ranking points if you if you don't yeah. put out your strongest team. So, you know, I can you can see different combinations out there. You can put different players in there and you can just see how they react in, in good competitive matches, but that don't have an impact on our world ranking or don't have an impact necessarily on players' confidence because yeah. it's fundamentally a friendly. Yeah, and no one's watching. No one's, one's well, that I mean, you've got like one... One, person. one man and his dog. Yeah, who, who was letting on the on the yeah. <laughs> on the promise that he wouldn't tell anyone. You, that's the level of pressure we're talking. Yeah, so it's not it's not too bad for them. Well, most importantly for netball fans and our lovely listeners, you can follow the results of this series via England Netball's Twitter account, and you can watch every single match from South Africa live exclusively on Sky Sports. That's good. Yeah, really, no, that's really, really good. good to, to have a. Um, Foreign series kind of broadcast is really nice. Yeah, looking forward to that. Now then, we move on to Suncorp Super Netball Round 13. And what a weekend of netball. For the second week in a row, Ash Brazel is awarded Nissan NetPoints Game Changer for Round 13. Uh, finding a feat in the previously unfamiliar position of centre, tipping both Tipper and Sterling to the status, who also had incredible standout performances. Injuries unfortunately dominated the headlines, with the Adelaide Thunderbirds confirming that Emma Ride's going to miss Round 14 after suffering a hyperextension injury in 
round 13. And the young shooter as well, Sasha Glasgow, confirmed to have suffered an ACL rupture during last weekend's game. Uh, the Thunderbirds were forced into playing wing attack specialist Chelsea Pittman against goal attack, whilst fans and the media criticised the 10-player squad system. Now, the Collingwood Magpies have confirmed that mid-court star Kelsey Brown also ruptured her ACL during their match against the Swifts on Saturday. Crikey, there's a lot of injuries there, aren't there? There's so many, yeah. Um, Sarah, what are your thoughts on this? Should Suncorp Super Netball have extended their boosted game day squads to 12 for the rest of the season post-World Cup to sort of, to protect the players, really? Well, I mean, you, you can argue that that's the case, but then are you just putting a Band-Aid over a massive gash? Wound. Do you yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because the, you, you've created, <laughs> like, well, <laughs> sorry for my phrasing, but you, you've, you're basically saying we know we've created a problem by splitting our season and having a World Cup in the middle of it and we know we're going to suffer injuries but yeah. here have another couple of players so you can cover the injuries now why don't you address the real problem which is that the fact that you've gone a season that's really long because of World Cup most of these teams had a four, five, six month pre-season mm. on top of that so a lot of these players by the time they finish will have been going for 10 months plus in the intense, in their season an period. and it's it's a it's an intense league. You can't go like 100% week in, week out. And I understand people saying, oh, you know, you take the matchday squads back up to 12. But the reason they cut them was because, because players 11 and 12 were never getting court time. So actually, you're not, you're not reducing anyone's load if you just sit another two people on the bench. Yeah. So I think it's something they need to look at um, in terms of the underlying cause of these injuries. And it's hard to say at the minute, but I think it's too easy to go or have another couple of players and then we'll just rifle through more players as they get injured. It's just like kind of treating players like the disposable then yeah. because the problem always was that that the ninth, like the 10th, 11th, 12th player wasn't playing. So unless you change that somehow and make those players play and ease the load on others, adding more players to match day squad doesn't really help. No. Um, and you're also then, you know, with that, with the intensity of play, you're far more open to injury. Yeah, you are. And I think, like I said, for, for me, I think the length of the season and plus pre-season has been too much. Yeah. And so whether or not the league, I don't know, indicates how long pre-season should be or, like I said, doesn't split it again um, mm. for a World Cup, which was kind of madness anyway yeah. um, I think there's a lot of problems it's been kind of like a perfect storm there you've got a small squad size the most intense competition in the world you had a world cup in the middle of it and you had the longest pre-season known to man so something's going to give yeah. and at the minute it's everyone's knees yeah yeah unfortunately yeah and I mean Emma Ride how she like how it was just a hyperextension. I mean if you see that and you've seen the stills that were out on Twitter her knee was like facing the wrong way oh. so She's, I'm not going to go looking for that. No, it's it's horrific. So she's been incredibly lucky. Mm. And then you look at Kelsey Brown and Sasha Glasgow and two ACLs in a week is just, yeah, awful. Yeah, and if, uh, you've got a feel for them. And you're right, something has got to give and hopefully that'll be evaluated, looked at and they'll work out some sort of structure or something that they can do that means that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but despite being a tough weekend on the injury front, we still witnessed some incredible games of netball. Uh, but Sarah, disappointing loss for Fever. Yeah. Um, just talk us through that game and tell us if Stacey's feeling all right after it. Yeah, I mean, like... Firebirds got their first win, which, you know, I think we said last week, at some point it was going to happen and they were yeah. desperate for it. Um, and, f like, Firebirds played well, but um, it, it was tough for Fever because Courtney Bruce was out again, um, so she's injured. And I think if you find that out, like, the day before a game or something, it's kind of like you've done a week prep and then 
you know, you lose a player and it's it's hard, but mm. you know, that league's hard and Firebirds have been losing game after game and, and they managed to pep up and and, do and pull it. out a performance, which and is credit to them. How's Stacey feeling? Oh, I mean, she's fine. Like they've got, um, they've basically got one game left. So they're, they're in Sydney this weekend. They play Giants um, and then they're done for the season. So um, I think when it gets close to the end, it's it, <laughs> close to the end. That sounds awful. <laughs> when, <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> but when, when it gets close yeah. to the end of the season, it, it's, it's easier to kind of get through it. I think if you're going through a, a really bad patch in the middle of the season, it seems like... You're you, you, treading through more yeah, to get there, yeah. Yeah, whereas now it's like the end of the season and I think I think all of the the folks at Fever is just like, you know, how do we play better this week? How yeah. how do we how do we get a win? How do we put out a performance we're proud of? And, and just improve, yeah, improve. what they did. And that's fair enough. Well, send her our Netball Nation love. Right, so a huge battle as well between the Vixens and Lightning with Carla once again being named GD Nissan Team of the Week. What were your thoughts on the game, Sarah? And how key is Carla to the Lightning structure? I mean, this game was like off the charts good <laughs> I mean she closed her eyes that's how good it is yeah when you said it was that, like oh epic. my god like you want to watch a brilliant netball game watch, watch the replay that. of this game it was so good and and Lightning just did the usual like they were I think they were four down in going into the last quarter and they just looked like a team that always believe they're going to win like and and that's that's just what happened Car- like Carla Pretorius Laura Langman you take them out of that team and they are not the same team at all. Like they, mm. those two are playing so well, um, and making such a difference. And I, w- I was surprised that Vixens let it slip because Vixens are kind of like, like they're a bit like, like metronomic. Like they're just like so well drilled that mm. it's just like bang, bang, Seamless. bang, goal. Like all the time, it's like they, they're not even human. Yeah. Um, but I think in the in the last few weeks, they've kind of been sh- shown to have some weaknesses. Yeah. And. The Sunshine Coast coming back from four goals down to win it with like the last shot of the game is like incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Good and for them. It, it'll put it'll put a bit of doubt in Vixens' minds. I think heading into finals because in the last few years Vixens have been really strong in the league rounds, and then they get to finals and they kind of crumble a little bit. And it's it'd probably be a worry that that might happen. The again. last few games they've kind of had had bad finishes. Mm. Well, we've had two big retirement announcements as well in Renee Ingalls and Kim Green. Both had incredible careers and true role models as well of the game. What makes both of them so special, do you think? And how have they managed to remain on top of the game for so long? Um, I think Renee Ingalls, you know, she she kind of retired and then came back. And, and just the fact that she she went away, had twins and, and managed to come back and still be an, an elite level mm. wing defence um, is really, really impressive. And I think like for both of them just just the work ethic you know to to continue to train at the level that they do and to have that motivation is is incredible and i think you you look at kim green and she's captain at giants um she's like a a sydney legend like she played at swifts beforehand um everybody loves her and and the fact that she just she really has driven that team forward like she was there um, from the beginning with Giants and I, and I think she has kind of embodied what Giants are about and um, you know it, it's it is a bit of a changing of the guard with the players that are retiring now and, and the, the new players coming through and I think Giants this week announced that Kira Austin had signed for next year and that's probably related to Kim Green retiring mm. because I imagine Kira Austin um, would have p- potentially left had she thought she wasn't going to get any court time next year. Um, but now that Kim's retiring, she she's signed a new deal and I'd expect to see her play a lot more for Giants. And, you know, that change in the guard kind of happens. It's just the natural cycle. And, and it, it is a natural yeah. cycle. But you, you're seeing some real legends of the game, like like Kim Green's 17, 17 years in... Wow. in um, 
in the National League in Australia. Like that's some longevity. That is no mean Some feat. career, yeah. Congratulations to both of them. Um, right then, next week it's going to be vital for both the Giants and Magpies. Giants currently sitting on 53 points with six wins, one draw and 27 bonus points. Whilst Magpies with 52 points with six wins, two draws and 24 bonus points. Only one of the two are going to get that top four place. Uh, final round, round 14, Giants are at home against Fever and Magpies are at home to the Vixens. How, Sarah, do you see those two games panning out this is so intriguing yeah. um <clears throat> i think if you look at it on paper you'd say giants are favorites right to to take that fourth spot because um on paper they've got an easier game against fever who are lower down in the league um but magpies have been pulling some results out of nowhere and a melbourne derby against vixens is always going to be a huge game but when magpies need to win it it, go after it yeah they're gonna go after it but um i i think giants will get that fourth spot if i'm honest because really? i think i think the fact that it's magpies and it's a melbourne derby and the vixens have the opportunity to stop magpies making finals will kind of motivate them well we shall see yeah. it's going to be an incredible uh incredible few games to watch now that's it from us the uh not so dynamic duo oh uh, have you got any shout outs it's all on you, so you kind of got to. <laughs> I know, I've, I've not even got any thinking time whilst Maggie goes. <laughs> I know. Um, Maggie's on her holidays loving life, so. Yeah, I know. Um, I think just a shout out to everyone who's back in pre-season. You know, I know a lot of club sides are, are going back to pre-season now for, um, for the season coming up. So shout out to everyone doing court sprints. It's awful, but Ooh. get through it. Pre-season, the joys. Shout out to everyone with doms, you know. <laughs> Fall onto the toilet rather than sitting down. Yes. That's what pre-season's all about. But... Don't go near stairs. <laughs> no, go, yeah, buy a bungalow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tip of the week. <laughs> buy a bungalow just for pre-season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to everyone who's gone back to pre-season and um, yeah, loving life. Right, well, best yeah, best of luck to you all. I hope you're enjoying it. And like Sarah says, I hope you uh, don't get too much strain on your legs. Uh, Mags, I hope you're having a lovely holiday. We'll I, thought, see. I thought you were going to ask her for a shout out. I was Although, like, she's not here. I did look over there yeah, as well Mags. like she was there. <laughs> Mags, we'll see you next week. Hope you're having a belting time. Right then, remember, you can always tweet us at MyNetballNation or drop us an email to hello at MyNetballNation.com and we'll make sure we cover any questions in next week's episode. Thanks for listening to Netball Nation. To listen to our podcasts, head over to MyNetballNation.com and follow us on all the social platforms at my netball nation see you next week see ya this is netball nation